Welcome to Thrive with Confidence. This podcast provides insight into the Aquios Alliance, a buying group that connects private practices with trusted vendors and expert support. We will feature discussion with our vendor partners and optometrist members while we explore topics that will empower your independence. Welcome to part two of our three-part series of Thrive with Confidence in helping you preparing for 2021. Once again, joined here with Kirk Castens and Tim Merrigan. I think a whole other part of it of you know 2020 got a lot of people that need to reinvest in their business. Otherwise, they get to pay Uncle Sam a significant amount of money. You know, challenge yourself. Yeah, you've been doing business this way, practicing this way for a long time, but is it time to expand into specialty contact lenses? Is it time to look into getting into a dry eye spa in the practice or do uh, myopia management and be able to help patients in a different way? And far too often, the excuse I hear about those items I just listed is a lot of people won't pay for those services. Really? Hmm. Tell that to a doctor in Dallas, Texas that does three to five sclerofits a day. Tell that to a doctor in, sorry, doctor, you'll know who I'm talking about, in Podunk, Idaho, who's put in a couple different instruments and he's doing very, very well by differentiating himself from the area community. If, if people find relief in their symptom, they will pay for it, whether it's dry eye, whether it's neural limb. If people can find relief in their symptoms, they will pay for it. Mm-hmm. And, and the difference in the practices that succeed in it is that they do it every time. It's every patient, every time. We talk about it. We don't just wait for someone to say, oh, I have this, you know, whether it's, you know, the dry eye or whether it's the headaches. It's we're asking and, and we're being, you know, we're finding out if that's a, if that's an issue and then we're, we're recommending and, and being proactive to it and offering them solutions. And if, if we can deliver on those solutions, they're going to pay for it. It's amazing how much technology is out there for optometrists to differentiate themselves from, excuse me for what I'm about to say, but from the chain locations. When I say chain locations, I'm referring to the corporate-run, corporate locations that don't allow the doctors to invest in their own clinic. So anybody out there who subleases space and you have an OCT and you bring all these other interest instruments in, whether it's dry eye instruments and so on, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the ones that are specific to their employees, told, here's the equipment that you have to use, here's the instruments you have to use, and you have to go that route. So you can really differentiate yourself from these other places. And let's face it, one of the other things that's happening as well in optometry is telemedicine. So the value of having you in your clinic with those instruments to physically talk to -to face-to-face with your patients and be able to look them in the eye and tell them this is what's best for you versus on a screen, I mean... Who's not tired of Zoom meetings or go-to meetings and conferences and such? So, again, a, a value that you're able to extend to your patients by having them present. We've also had, what, how, how many doctors haven't been afraid to try the new technology that are in small-town USA? So, right. again, what I like about what you said, Tim, was, you know, you can bring on something that helps a patient to improve their quality of life. Mm-hmm. And so often... We get scared as providers. Why? Well, because it's going to cost them too much. They aren't going to want to spend that money. Well, again, you you invest in your team. You invest in taking a risk on something. 
on Neuralins, as we said, you know, they come in and they do a great job of training the staff and investing in them. So, oh, that that email that one of our clients shared the other day with another doctor considering the Neuralins. Yes. Wow. Priceless. Right. I mean that that. But yeah, the Neuralins is an amazing job of taking great care of of the doctors that bring it in, and they get it. It's a big investment. You know, yeah, we keep talking about the patients willing to pay for it, but it starts with the doctor willing to invest in their practice to bring that technology in. And that's where when we do your projections for the new year and we look at them every month and quarterly and we say, okay, here's where your business is trending. You could afford this. If you're looking at bringing a new instrument in, you know, we'll help you identify what that break-even point is on that instrument so that you're not going, oh my gosh, I have to generate how many th- how many hundreds of patients to pay this off? Well, it's really not as many as you think. If you look at something like the IPL by Luminous, you know, it's a great instrument, but it really doesn't take that many patients to get into that system to pay that instrument off. Yeah, it's a $50,000 investment. And I do say investment because it's going to make money, but it also makes your patients loyal to you, and they're going to be coming back to you for, for service for years to come because you have the latest and greatest in technology. If Apple was still selling the technology they were selling in the 80s, no, they would be nowhere near what they are. But I believe if you looked somewhere in Apple's home office, their their business model was similar to Sony's. And Sony's years back was to, you know, we want to have the newest item out that's going to put us out of business. We want to reinvent ourselves that fast. And I'm willing to bet Apple thinks that same way. They're that progressive on everything they do. And more practice owners need to think like that. What can I do? It doesn't have to be a huge investment. I mean, there's plenty of dry eye instruments out there that'll cost, you know, from, I believe, about $2,800 on up to, as I mentioned, you know, the Cadillac of them all, the Luminous IPL. But there's plenty in between there, too. So there's things to look at on what you can do to make life better for your practices and better for your patients as well as your employees. And if your employees can educate the patient on what all this will do for them, and you have to help with that as well. I mean, you kind of talk about Apple. You think about the iPhone. Well, yeah, we've got the iPhone 12. That's going to cost you twelve hundred dollars or you can get the iphone six seven still whatever it might be but it's going to cost you this think about who would have thought someone paying twelve hundred dollars for a phone i mean at that time it's crazy but you know what it serves a purpose for a lot of people same thing goes with what we can offer inside our inside the practices and hey this service will help you with your like you said a better quality of life and a lot of times you just need to listen to your employees, too. What are the patients asking for? What are they looking for? If they're looking for that better quality time with you, how can you manage your appointment books a little differently to be able to spend more time with the patients? Or if a patient's in a rush and they need to leave and go back to work to take care of something there, but they didn't have a chance to look at all the lifestyle pairs of glasses that w- would benefit them and improve their quality of life, do you schedule them to come back for a frame showing or frame styling? Why not? Why not? Make it special for the patient. Make it unique for the patient. Again, take advantage of the downtime you're going to see in that those, well, let's just say in 2021, let's call them the gaps, the COVID gaps. How's that? We'll call it the COVID gaps for right now. Fill the COVID gaps and say, okay, what are we going to test out this week? What are we going to try this week and see what we can do to make the patient's experience that much better? And again, I don't hesitate to say, hey, doc, I think we need to block three days here 
let's do a staff retreat and let's talk about where we are, what we're doing, how we can be better, and really start to analyze some information. You, the other thing I think people do a poor job of is really kind of saying, okay, yeah, I, I like this particular specialty, but how do I know if I have patients, enough patients that are would be interested or even candidates for such a service? I mean, how would you go about having, helping a client to learn what they, they can do differently? I think the first thing, you need to talk to, you know, whether it's the, the IPL and talk to Luminous or Neuralin and have them walk you through what is it I need to ask the patient. These businesses, these, these reps have proven methods to say, here's how you train. Here's what you look for. Here's what you ask. You know, we talked about the email that one of the doctors sent. He, he said to the other, to one of his colleagues, the first thing I did was I asked people. I, I started having them fill out a little questionnaire. And he goes, I was amazed at how many people actually could benefit from this. He goes, I was guessing until I did a little survey. It was as simple as a little survey to get them going. We tell that to, to you know, opticians all the time. You know, when you're looking to bring in a new frame line, take a survey. Ask them what they feel. So I think the first thing is to get with the, you know, if you have a specialty, if you have something that you say, hey, I think I would, I, this is an area I want to go, reach out to that company. I'm sure they've got a, a survey for you that you can use. And then start asking your patients. Well, and if you remember, we had a couple different doctors ask us during the whole COVID restart, can you survey our patients, create a survey, which we did in-house here, and we'd be happy to do this for anybody, where we were able to ask specific questions about how the patients felt while they are in the office. And that doctor wanted to make sure her patients were feeling great about where they were coming. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple things that came out of that that they took for granted. But again, surveys are something we're happy to help people with. Yeah, there's a little charge to it, but it, it gives you something to, to build from and be able to discuss with your employees, right? Right. One thing that you just mentioned there, Rick, I think that's important that many offices haven't been doing for quite some time since probably since when they just opened back up is reminding patients the things that you guys are continuing to do to keep the office clean and sanitized. So do a little social media post, do another little 30-second video and show them what you're doing. Send out an email blast to all the patients so that they have the confidence, those that still don't want to get out and still don't want to come in. We need to make sure that they are confident in coming into your office. And the only way they're going to know that is if, if we communicate with them. And I think that's a great point, Kirk, because well, let's face it, the vaccine is just now being shipped around the United States. It's going to be administered to medical professionals first, and then nursing home residents and nursing home staffs, there's still a significant percentage of the people that are vulnerable to this. And even if they get this vaccine out by April, May of 2021, we're looking at June, July at the soonest that people can probably let, maybe let their guard down. We're learning as we go, of course, and I'm trying to be optimistic, but um, we just don't know for sure. We just don't know. So I, I, I think, again, reminding people that, hey, this is a safe environment to come into and make sure that your staff knows to keep doing everything they're doing, keep themselves safe, especially going into the, these holidays here. Mm-hmm. Other, I think, little events that offices can start to think about. I mean, right now you say, oh, let's, let's have a frame show, let's have a style show, and everybody's like, well, we can't do that right now. I would challenge you to say, yes, you can do still do that right now. It just looks a little different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've had several clients that have already had some frame shows uh, since they've opened back up. 
this year, and um, you're just they, they look differently. And I guess what I mean by that is you're you're not just saying, "Hey, come one, come all." You're actually going through your schedule, and and you're um, you're blocking off time and saying, "Hey, we want to see uh, a, a patient come in here to look at." this particular frame line and so you can set up a schedule so that you're not overwhelming the optical and have too many people in the office we know that's a concern uh, but do it by appointment only and the thing that I love about that is you, you've got a patient coming in if they're gonna bother to make an appointment guess what they're gonna purchase something agreed there's a client out in Washington that every year they do a frame event and this past year you know, the doctor thought for sure it wouldn't be anywhere near what the previous years was because it was, I mean, this is one that brings in like tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars over a week's time. They beat it. They actually brought in better numbers this year. And part of it was the patients they did have coming in, they spent more time with them. And it wasn't patients just coming in and buying one new pair of glasses. It was people coming in buying two and three pairs of glasses to be able to enhance their again, their quality of life. So, and I also, I think just like with frame style shows or fashion shows, you know, anniversary events should happen. You know, celebrate your anniversary. We survived it. I mean, there was one doctor that said, I'd hold off on this, but I I will say this, you know, when when do we do our COVID-19 percent off? I thought, oh, that's kind of cute, but probably too soon to do that quite yet. But, you know, is are things going to be coming up like that? Yeah, absolutely. You'll see somebody rock the boat with something far worse than what that sounds like. Most but, of you have a bunch of events that you plan to do in 2020 that uh, didn't get done. So right. there, there's a lot of events I know that some of you have that you still have those in your back pocket. And yeah. you know what? You'll get to use those, uh, but don't give up on it. And, you know, we, we can still make it a great year in 2021 and and more so now I think just going into things because I there's probably you know some pessimism going into 2021 what's the economy going to do where are things going so on and so forth you know if you haven't thought about doing a food food drive doesn't have to happen just around the holidays you know people have to eat year-round kids need to eat right year-round so if you haven't done either a food drive or a coat drop-off mittens gloves diapers Nothing wrong with it. Get a hold of the area philanthropies that do it. Let them know you're going to be a drop-off site for these types of things. You'll be amazed at how many people are willing to drop off some lightly used coats or even buy new coats and drop them off and say, here, I hope this gets to somebody. Or drop off canned foods and, and give those people a gift card or two to get back into your practice. Thank them. And again, partner with small businesses in your area with this. And I think there's, for those of you in the South that have nice weather year-round or on the West Coast. or You, you know, can't say that on the podcast, Tim. Oh, I'm going okay. to. <laughs> down in Florida and all that. Your, your style show can be outdoors. If you have access to your parking lot, you know, if, you, if you're in a private, uh, you know, if you have your own private building and you have your parking lot, put a tent out. Have an outdoor event. You know, maybe talk to the strip center and see if it's okay if you have the frame on the sidewalk. Then you can still practice that social distancing and and that but uh for those that are down i mean now like you know here in omaha today when it's 15 degrees that might be a little chilly to have an outdoor event but i think for those down in in the texas and and in the south and out on the west coast why not try an outdoor event one time and see how it works in fact back to my saflo days there was an office here in omaha they actually set up outdoor tents it was in the middle of july of all months to do it outdoors 
but they had, I think it was at least four or five of us reps were there. It was a pretty good event. Mm-hmm. People wanted to be outdoors in the nice weather. Yeah, you run the risk of if it could rain that day, but it just great. makes for more fun. Great environment to uh, test out the polarized sunglasses. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Look at the College World Series. You know, hopefully mm-hmm. that happens this coming year. Hopefully they'll have college baseball going outdoors. I would think so. They've been gotten through football. The CWS here in Omaha it has huge outdoor vendor area. area. In fact, um, Maui Gyms always have a uh, huge booth there, and it's a local optometrist here that works that booth every every year. So, good opportunity. So people will do it. You know, as the saying goes, if you build it, they will come. You have to market it. You have to get the community to know about it. And that's the other thing. When, when marketing an event like this, you guys, how soon do you think somebody needs to start to let people know, hey, we're going to be doing this? I, I would say at least a couple months. I think you start getting the word out of save your date, save this date type deal, that, hey, we're coming, and really start to, to talk to people about it and get a little buzz going. Yeah, I guess maybe it depends a little bit upon what event, what the event yeah. actually is and what type of savings, because I know some people will say, oh, well, if I'm going to have an event in two months and give 50% off, then I don't want to start advertising it too, too, marketing it too soon in advance. So yeah. I, it probably depends on exactly you know what that yeah. event then is. But I think even Maybe when you start to market it, you don't yeah. have to put what the, the what savings, savings is going to is. It just right say, hey, point. we are going to bring yeah. in yeah. the Maui Good Gym point. collection. Yeah. Save this date yeah. to see the whole collection. Like with, you know, and I'll go to like a, a dry ice spa event type thing. Mm-hmm. I think something like that should be ongoing and repetitive. I think we do that every couple months, if not monthly in some cases, so that we're able to get patients recognizing us as, hey, this is the place to go to for this. And the message that sends to your competitors is, oh, they already have that specialty locked up. Now I don't now I don't get into it. So they yeah. they let you become that area I hate to say that word, area specialist for that uh particular niche but why not if it's if it's you go for it so what are some areas you would look at networking you know some of some of the events like if you were to do a dry eye event or um, something with the neural lens what what would you do what other professionals would you reach out to on those to maybe see if their patients wouldn't come this way i would definitely go to a primary care physician okay look to see if it's something that that can help them. I'm sure a lot of people are an allergist. People are coming in and my eyes are watery. Oh, and just just call. Well, here, let's not only can we treat part of the symptom, let's help send you over here to get the relief of those. Gotcha. Of the eyes. I so. think, I think with, uh, in regards to the neural lens, I mean, any, any doctor, um, a neurologist. Yeah. Headache clinic, maybe. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Yep. I think any of those, I mean, certainly you can reach out to the, to mention the, uh, primary care physicians, but definitely the, I think the pediatric physicians and, you know, as, as school starts back up, there's a whole bunch of different needs and challenges that, that we all have as adults, but also the kids. There's a lot more flat screen, there's a lot more Zoom meetings, and you have that whole new opportunity, I'll call it, of us, of us educators, us healthcare educators. We, we need to educate um, every patient and ask them, what what is your new life like now? Where, where are you working from? Are you working from home? So that kind of maybe went down a little different path, but it, oh, all, I like the it path all ties in. You know, and, and I'd even throw rheumatologists in on dry eye because a lot of patients on arthritic medications, that can cause dry eye. 
but back to you, Kirk, you know, so if I, I was an op- optometrist and I have this mother of three kids under the age of 12 who are now doing Zoom meetings on iPads, whatever technology is in their house, along with even at school, they're on computers even more now. I don't have to have that child sitting in my chair to say, Mom, do you have any computer lenses on those kids? Even if they're plain over lenses, would it not benefit them to at least explore and talk about having something like that for their child's eyes? Or at least like, you know, the blue light technology and making sure we're protecting them in every way because who knows what's going to happen for sure. But with the increased amount of time that, that kids are in front of the laptops and they have flat screens, um, you know, their parents are at home and not able to spend as much time and be the teacher for those that are going to be homeschooling. Again, that's that's not going to go away, I don't think, anytime, anytime soon. You're, you're going to see some type of mixture of it. You might get a hybrid method. And maybe it is for the, the hybrid for the older kids and, and the college students and the kids are younger are still going to be in school. But as Rick said, you see now where they're on computers in school all the time. I mean, it's, it's an amazing world we live in. And the, the technology that these kids are experiencing at such an early age, good or bad, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's going to have an effect on them. It's interesting because I've had calls with doctors talking about the different technology to protect against computers. And I've heard a couple times where doctors will say to me, well, just as much as I can find an article that will say it's a necessity, I can find another article that will say it's debunked. And I'm like, yeah, but wouldn't you rather err on the side of caution for your for that young child and say, isn't it better to be safe than sorry? Let's do this in three to five years. If they do debunk everything, at least you can say, you know what? I did what was right at the time. I'd rather right. take, play it safe versus sorry. I'd rather wear my mask than not wear my mask, right? I mean, right. you're, it's yeah. the mask for your eyes. So to talk to parents when their young kids or their eyes are still developing, I, I think it's important to be looking at what options are available. And, and I've seen some offices been able to get some reasonably priced Plano product that seems to be decent quality and hold up well for kids so they don't have to spend you know a ton of money on it but have it available for them thank you again for joining us for another episode of thrive with confidence we really appreciate it and we look forward to 2021 and the years beyond aquios advisors and aquios alliance is here for you and we welcome any feedback and thoughts feel free to email us with any questions at info at aquiosalliance.com Thank you.